B-52. B-52. I'm heading down the Atlanta Highway Looking for a love getaway Heading for a love getaway I got me a car, it's as big as a whale And we're heading on down for the love shack Four? I got me a Chrysler, it sets about 20 So hurry up and bring your jukebox money The love shack is a little old place where we can get together Love Shack Baby A Love Shack Baby B-52 B-52 Hello treasure seekers and welcome to Shandy Andy's unguarded treasure B-52 This is series one Episode 27, and it's about the Wilderlands campaign setting. Hey, Andy, great to hear you back on the mic, man. I have never uh, played the Wilderlands campaign, but I've heard a lot about it. I've never read it either, so I really hope that you uh, you know, you know, give us some campaign updates, let us know how the game's going, let us know what it's all about, because I, I know I, for one, would be super interested. All right, man. Welcome back. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Hey up, Joe. Thank you very much for your message. And as if by magic, here is my reply to your message. So, what is the Wilderlands? Effectively, the Wilderlands is a setting created by Bob Bledsoe, one of the founders of Judges Guild. And it was created as his home D&D game. It was the first published and licensed campaign setting for D&D. The Wilderlands is high fantasy. It's a sparsely populated world with few, if any, kingdoms. The Wilderlands are largely dominated by city-states, forests, marshes, deserts and mountain ranges. It's a bleak world. In decay, where civilization is petering out rather than taking hold. It's a world dominated by humans, but with a wide range of races and cultures, from green-skinned Viridians to the cavemen of Elfland, or even Amazons. But there are elves, dwarves, halflings, and many other races liberally scattered across the landscape. The Wilderlands is a world where the line between science and heroic fantasy is blurred, where ancient artefacts could as easily be laser guns as they could be elven forged swords. The Wilderlands setting began life with the city-state of the Invincible Overlord, and legend has it that the first copies were sold out of the boot of Bob's car at Gen Con 4 in 1976. The city-state of the Invincible Overlord has been revised a number of times by Judges Guild from a 16-page to a 96-page booklet by 1983. This supplement was effectively a description of a single city-state, along with its dwarven ally, Thunderhold. It included large 32 times 44-inch players and judges maps, as well as a city map of the city-state, and also included some uh, 
rumours and information about the immediate surrounding area. So from that one relatively small area, the Wilderlands was covered by a number of supplements released by Judges Guild over a number of years. And these covered a total of 18 maps and were released in a number of separate supplements. Now, the first of these was the Wilderlands of High Fantasy, released in 1977. And this covered the first five maps, the city-state of the Invincible Overlord, Barbarian Ultanis, Glow the Glowworm Steps, Tarantis and Valon. Next, in a couple of years later, in 1979, the fantastic Wilderlands Beyond was released as a supplement. And this covered the maps 7 to 10, the Desert Lands, the Sea of Five Winds, Alpenlands and Lenap. And the following year, in 1980, the Wilderlands of the Magic Realm was released. And this supplement covered some further maps, 11 to 14. Kihina, the Isles of the Blessed, the Ebony Coast and Amant Tundra. Finally, in 1980, a bit later on, the Wilderlands of the Fantastic Reaches was released. And this covered up to maps 18 by doing maps 15 to 18, the Isle of Dawn, the Southern Reaches, the Silver Skeen Isles and the Kihina Highlands. So those of you who were paying attention there will have noticed that map six was missing in amongst that list. And that was because later in 1980, the city-state of the World Emperor was released. And this detailed the single map six, also including though, details of uh, Viridistan, the city-state of the World Emperor. There is, was also what is called the Wilderness Series of Five Supplements, and that was the Mines of Kastulkon, the Spies of Light Elf, Shield Maidens of the Sea Rune, Pirates of Hagrost, and Witches Court Marshes. These all gave scenario ideas and more details onto Map 1 um, for some of the areas surrounding the city-state of the Invincible Overlord. 1983 saw the very last major release by Judges Guild of a supplement for the Wilderlands, and that was Tarantis, which detailed the actual city Tarantis as opposed to the general area which was covered by Map 4. And this included uh, an overview hex map of the entire Wilderlands and a map of the city too. Now, over the years up until 1983, a number of the Judges Guild supplements, such as Tejal Manor and Modron, were also released that had set locations in the Wilderlands, although these could effectively be dropped into any campaign, I think it's fair to say. Now, each of the Wilderland supplements, which was for one of the 18 maps, in other words, the Wilderlands of High Fantasy, the Fantastic Wilderlands Beyond, the Wilderlands of the Magic Realm, Wilderlands of the Fantastic Reaches and City, State of the World Emperor, they all came with judges and players maps. 
Now, the maps came as a what I'd call a, 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 a sepia-style hex map, which was on 22 by 17-inch stiff paper. Um, and they're, they're, they're glorious. They're some of the best maps I've ever seen uh, produced for a, a, a campaign setting, in, in my view, anyway. Now, the players' maps had just sort of the coastlines, major settlements and selected geographical features uh, marked on them, whereas the judges' map obviously included absolutely everything. Now, the maps were supposedly five miles per hex, so each map was uh, 51 by 33 hexes. So at five miles per hex, that would be 255 by 165 miles, or an impressive 42,000 square miles on each map. But the legend has it that the scale was a printing error. And originally, they were 15 miles per hex in Bob's original campaign. Now, that equates to 765 by 495 miles, or just shy of 400,000 square miles per map. Now, this makes the entire 18-map Wilderlands almost 7 million square miles, which is equivalent to twice the size of Europe, almost, and slightly bigger than Russia. Now, by 1983, Judges Guild D&D license had lapsed and the Wilderlands slowly faded away as a commercial uh, product. Now, it could well have been that that was the end of the Wilderlands and it just faded away to complete obscurity. Um, but that wasn't what happened because... There were a number of later licensed publications of the Wilderlands. Now, this is probably not a completely comprehensive list, but I'll cover the main ones that I'm aware of. The first one was um, a republishing of the City State of the Invincible Overlord by May May Mayfair Games. But strictly speaking, not part of the Wilderlands because it was actually set in a completely different world. Um, so debatable whether that one counts. However, in 1999, Judges Guild did make a, a bit of a comeback and they did reissue the 1981-3 revision of the city-state of the Invincible Overlord. Now, this led, I think, to a bit more interest in the Wilderlands again because in, 19, in, sorry, in 2004, Necromancer Games published an expanded hardback version of the city-state of the Invincible Overlord that was Sword and Sorcery D20 system compatible. And then the following year, in 2005, they published a box set of the Wilderlands uh, with two softback books in it and a complete set of the 18 maps. And again, this was Sword and Sorcery D20 system compatible. Uh, and also, at say, uh, uh, pretty much the same time, I think. It might have been slightly before the box set. But there was a separate softback player's guide, which was also released with an overview map of the entire Wilderlands included. And although Necromancer Games uh, stopped publishing Wilderlands material, James Mishler, who I believe had been involved in the Necromancer Games, um, he continued to do some Wilderland supplements, such as the Imperial City of Talqua, 
which I'm using in my own uh, campaign at the moment and he uh, published this for castles and crusades uh, this was back in the late noughties then in 2013 another product worth mentioning is the city state of the sea kings which was published under license by bernhardt publishing uh, this was an almost 400 page paperback supplement with a hex map about the city-state of Aralu on the Isle of Blessed, which is located on map number 12. And finally, Rob Connolly of Bat in the Attic Games has released a reworking of the original for Wildlands supplements. So that's the Wildlands of High Fantasy, Fantastic Wildlands Beyond, Wildlands of the Magic Realm, and Wildlands of the Fantastic Reaches. And he has... Um, reworked all 18 original hex maps and produced them in absolutely glorious color uh, and uh, included in this as well he also did a full color release of the city state of the invincible overlord uh, city map and these are absolutely excellent uh, i can thoroughly recommend getting those and i believe they're still available um, to purchase on drive through rpg i think it's worth mentioning that um there are two active online groups that I'm aware of, and that's the Wilderland fans on Facebook and the Wilderlands of High Fantasy on MeWe. In the former, Jim uh, Vaughan, a Wilderlands fan right from the very beginning, is looking at building a repository for the Wilderlands, and in the latter, there is talk of a fan-based supplement for Tula, the City of the Mages from Map 17. So there's still uh, an ongoing active community of Wilderlands fans who are still interested in the setting. So why am I so enthusiastic about the Wilderlands? Well, it, it is partly nostalgia. I'm prepared to admit that. Um, it was the first setting that I was, uh, got involved in and it was a, it was a present the city state of the world emperor was a present my parents gave me in i think it was christmas 1981 so it was my first experience to a campaign setting and sort of opened my eyes as to how you could pull things together and create an entire world as opposed to just uh, disparate scenarios which i think most of us had as a starting point I love the way that the Wilderlands, really, the supplements only give you a bare, the bare bones needed. There aren't uh, detailed descriptions. There are just vague hints as to what to find in hexes. Um, there was a little bit more detail later on. Perhaps the city-state of the World Emperor gave a bit more detail than in the original city-state of the Invincible Overlord. But largely, a lot was left up to the individual uh, game master to put the details into that world and that's why I, I love it and also the fact that it has evolved that um, it didn't just die out it, it's been brought back by several different uh, publishing houses uh, and authors and still to this day there is a quite vibrant very small admittedly um, but vibrant community on Facebook and MeWe who are still discussing um, the Wilderlands. We're still running campaigns in the Wilderlands. And this is, you've got to remember, over 40 years on 
from when it was first released. I don't know if there's much interest out there for a podcast about the world of lands, but if there's any interest in either giving more detail on any of the supplements or even um, perhaps me talking about my own campaign that I run in the Wilderlands, I'm quite happy to do that. So drop me a message, uh, either on Anchor or email me. The details are at the end of the podcast. Thank you to TJ Drennan for producing the B-52 theme tune for my podcast. You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor. Email me at shandyandy at gmail.com or possibly find me hanging around at Audio Dungeon Discord channel.